I gotta say, though, I'm not minding the new voice. Oh, it's a little sexy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. I kind of like it. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, as part of our challenge this month, we've been reading The Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. In The Sleep Revolution, the author divides the book into two sections, The Wake Up Call and The Way Forward. She explores the importance of sleep, the current state of sleep in our lives and culture, and how we can ensure that we get enough sleep to reap the many benefits that it brings. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. We are in our fourth week of our return to routine and sleep challenge, and this week is time for our book report. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. I will say disciplined and maybe even now a little bit better rested than I was before. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I'm going to do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'm going to be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. This month's challenge is all about sleep and routines. We have been focusing on getting more sleep as well as getting back into our healthy routines. We have challenged ourselves and you to set and stick to a bedtime and a wake-up time. We have also been taking a closer look at our morning and bedtime routines and talking about the ways in which we can optimize them to improve our sleep and our days. Now that we are in our fourth week, how has the sleep challenge been going for you, Jenny? I'll say it's been interesting. I've been definitely getting to bed on time more frequently with a couple of hiccups, and I've even been adjusting my wake-up time to ensure that I'm getting enough sleep at night. I had a very early morning recently for work that involved me needing to wake up at 3 a.m. to be on the road for 4 a.m. However, my brain decided that it was time to wake up at 1.30 a.m., and I just couldn't get back to sleep. So by about noon that day, I got to say I felt pretty out of sorts, Um, and by that night, I was completely out of sorts. Um, and then even after the next day after a full night's sleep, I still felt really off and, and it really made it crystal clear to me how important sleep is for good functioning physically, mentally, all of it. And it's been so long that I've had that kind of sleep deprived feeling. So it was just definitely strange to, to feel that. And I thought how funny to experience that this month of any when we're doing this sleep challenge. So, so that was definitely interesting to have that experience and uh, really see the difference of what it's like when you're really not getting good sleep. Um, And it made me appreciate it. And it's been interesting doing like sleeping in a little bit, which is something I don't usually do. It's been kind of lovely. So that's great. Yeah. How about you, Peg? Well, um, I was getting into a good routine, but then the sickness got me. So, Mm. um, John and I are referring to it as the plague around here. Uh, I've been down and out for almost a week with a really bad upper respiratory virus. So uh, as a result, I've been sleeping almost nonstop for a week and trying to kick it. So I'm appreciating sleep for its restorative uh, abilities. So I'm very grateful for it for that. I'm just starting to feel better and I will definitely be taking my sleep more seriously as I recover from this sickness. I would say that uh, probably some of the indulgences over the holidays are maybe to blame in putting me in a space where my immune system was not ready to kick this and uh, that's why it got me. 
So I will uh, be taking things more seriously in terms of my overall health as I move forward, including my sleep and my bedtime and my wake up time. I got to say, though, I'm not minding the new voice. Oh, it's a little sexy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit. I kind of like it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, as part of our challenge this month, we've been reading The Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. And we've also been referencing The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. In The Sleep Revolution, the author divides the book into two sections, The Wake Up Call and The Way Forward. She explores the importance of sleep, the current state of sleep in our lives and culture, and how we can ensure that we get enough sleep to reap the many benefits that it brings. There are also there's also a questionnaire about your sleep quality, a list of guided meditations, and a full spectrum of bed recommendations. So what did you think about this book, Jenny? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about the book. I'm going to be super honest with everyone. I didn't read the book. There's there the go. announcement. Um, however, I I did actually like go to the library, get the book, bring it home, and I did skim through it and get kind of some of the high level points about it, I will say. So can we say that you were using this valuable time to sleep instead of read the book? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. That's a great excuse. And it's also <laughs> kind of true because it did spend some time on my bedside table um, and I did start reading it. But yeah, I would kind of just fall asleep. So can you help me? (laughs) Well, okay. Since you didn't read it, I'm going to give you the main takeaways that I got from the book. And did you read it? (laughs) I read most of it. Yes, actually. Okay. I I read probably at least more than half of it. I like that I can count on you. So, um, and I did like skim the parts I didn't read. The parts that just sort of seemed like they were not relevant to what our listeners are looking for. I skimmed. Yeah. Honest. Fair. Honest. Full disclosure. Um, Love it. All right. So if you are unaware, Ariana Huffington started the Huffington Post, which is an online media giant. And uh, in the midst of building that, she was working so hard and she was so sleep deprived that she passed out in her office. She hit her head and woke up in a pool of blood. So that was her wake up call. And she used it to start doing something different. And then that became the seed for a new business and a new book that she wrote called Thrive. And that book, Thrive, and that business had to do mostly with uh, getting people in corporate environments to take their health more seriously. And then the mm-hmm. questions she got associated with that with that, commonly were about sleep. So then she wrote this new book that we're reviewing today called The Sleep Revolution. So the book gives a rundown on the history of sleep, the science of sleep, and the details of what works to help you sleep more and better. So sleep is the number one underrated, underappreciated health habit out there. Something that stuck out for me uh, in the book is how in the Industrial Revolution, they equated one's ability to stay awake for long periods of time to work as being very masculine and manly. It's basically how they worked people for way longer than they should by brainwashing them with this piece of information. And so that idea has been pervasive even in modern times. So now as a culture, we sort of see sleep as a waste of time and we deem those who indulge in it to be weak and lazy. And in the book, when she's discussing how much sleep is enough, she includes a list from newborns all the way to older adults. And then the, the, the list tells how much each of those groups needs to get for sleep. So for an example, newborns are 14 to 17 hours a day, school-aged children, age 6 to 13, 9 to 11 hours a day, and adults, 7 to 9 hours. So she then makes this cute quip where she says, I'm compelled to point out that there's no bracket reading, super important, super busy, macho man, 3 to 5 hours per day. 
Yet we all mm-hmm. know people of all ages who insist on placing themselves in this category. So there's there's not very many humans that will uh, perform at their optimum by sleeping only three to five hours. And yet this idea of being tough and macho and I can you know work through it and I'm amazing because I only sleep three to five hours, it's not awesome because it's basically <laughs> putting you in a space where your brain doesn't function very well. Yeah. And that's interesting. I liked the, I did see the part about uh, how much sleep people need. And we talked uh, previously about that watch, the tracking watch that we had, um, that my son got for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, that has been fascinating to see how much sleep he gets at night. And it's, it's refreshing to see that we're kind of within that, that range. So that's cool. Well, awesome. All right. And I did want to pass on a fun fact. So there is one guy who is making a dent in that macho man stereotype. uh, And that guy happens to be the richest human. So Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, Mm, um, he prioritizes sleep and he gets eight hours per night. He says that he just doesn't feel right without eight hours of sleep. So if the richest human on the planet can uh, prioritize eight hours of sleep, like, let's get after it. That guy's busy. That guy's busy, you know? She also makes a really strong case in the book uh, about getting screens out of the bedroom to improve sleep quality. The blue light that is given off by these devices is especially good at suppressing melatonin. We talked a bit about this last week when, that we need melatonin for sleep. So if it's suppressed, our sleep is going to suffer. She also reiterated that what we talked about in our sleep hygiene segment last week, and that was the digital devices that need to be turned off at least 30 minutes before bed. We had our digital detox back in December and we've been focusing on not sleeping with our phones beside us. Good for us. Uh, She also offers a bunch of other tips for better sleep. Uh, We covered most of them in our sleep hygiene segment in episode 30. Uh, You want to have a cool environment for sleeping. We talked about programming your thermostat. The recommended sleep temperature is 66 degrees and exercise will also help. And we want to avoid caffeine after 2 p.m. She also recommends you have specific sleeping clothes, such as pajamas, because when you put them on, it will be a cue in your bedtime routine that will help to remind you that it's soon going to be time to sleep. Uh, Another fun fact, those who practice mindfulness meditation will have an advantage when it comes to sleep. One study showed that meditators fell asleep twice as fast as non-meditators, and I don't know, when I read this, I assume it must have something to do with being able to kind of quiet your mind and have a little bit more mastery over uh, being able to detach from your thoughts, because that can be something that keeps people up for sure. Definitely. Um, So more fun facts from the book, uh, which touch on sleep and performance in athletics. So this is something that I find fascinating. Uh, When Golden State Warrior player Andre Iguodala, I apologize if that's not the right pronunciation, improved his sleep habits, his playing time increased by 12% and his three-point shot percentage more than doubled. His points per minute went up by 29% and his free throw percentage increased by 8.9%. His turnovers decreased by 37% per game and his fouls dropped by 45%. Um, Another athlete, Roger Federer, a tennis player, he gets 11 to 12 hours of sleep per night. And when when he is away um, playing tennis, he rents two houses, one for himself and one for his family. He takes his sleep that seriously. 
Um, wow. Le- LeBron James, King James, he shoots for 12 hours of sleep per day when he's training. Oh, and smokes. it's amazing to me. It just goes to show you how athletes understand that sleep is such an important piece for performance. And we can sort of take a piece out of their world. Obviously, we don't have to fuel our bodies and, and have them sleep in the same way that some athletes do. But it's amazing how much better they will do at their sport when they get adequate sleep. Mm-hmm. So overall, this book is pretty fantastic. It basically gives the history overview and lots of great tips on how to get better sleep. So if you're looking for something to kind of remind you and wake you up a little bit, pun intended, as to why you should be getting more sleep, then uh, definitely we recommend The Sleep Revolution by uh, Ariana Huffington. Um, and the other book that we mentioned uh, about this month was The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And I think that we're going to discuss a little bit more about that next week. Mm-hmm. The very cool thing that Hal does is he offers up a couple chapters of his books for free. So if you want to check those out before next week, you can find a link in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com slash podcast. And now it is time for a segment where we dig a little deeper into our personalities called Who Are You Anyway? We will take a question and each give our perspective on the topic with the goal of understanding ourselves a little bit better. This week's Who Are You Anyway question is, if there was suddenly 25 hours in a day that gave you one extra hour, say in the morning, what would you do with it? Uh, for me, I I really kind of racked my brain on this one because it's like, ooh, what am I going to do with this extra hour? Um, yeah. I would probably use it to read or maybe play my guitar. Your guitar? And the other option would be because I'm big into wanting to organize my world right now, like maybe take things out of drawers and closets and play the men's game and reorganize. So that's an option as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be there in five minutes. I I know you love that. How about Mm. you? What would you do with an extra hour? Mm. That question kind of makes my head spin really. Um, I find like when I hear that, I instantly just start thinking all the things. (laughs) And I think about like a project, like something new I could take on that I don't perhaps have time to now. I know what I should do with this time. And it's things that I'm not great at getting to, such as like, uh, you know, maybe cleaning or maybe just chilling out and reading and having some nice downtime. I think you should do that. Yeah. But the things that kind of come to the top of my mind are I love, I'm really loving doing woodworking right now and I, it's not something I can fit in and I want to do it more. So maybe that, or really what I would really want more of is social time with friends. Okay. Um, so having time to just chat with friends and, you know, sit and have a tea and have a chat kind of like we're doing right now. Nice. Maybe we just need to record a podcast per day. (laughs) There you go. So that's what I would do. But it's an interesting thing to think about what you would do with an extra hour. And I think it makes you think about how you're using your present 24 hours. So well, and some people should use that extra hour for sleep. Yeah, that's not a bad idea either. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. All right, now it's time we're going to talk about listener feedback. Every week we ask you to play along with us as we do these challenges. And we are so excited that some of you are doing that. And we're extra excited that some of you are even telling us about it. We are always so glad to hear what you think about the podcast. And we are very curious to hear what you are doing when it comes to our monthly habit challenge and how you're doing with them. So this week we got an email from listener Natalia. Hey, Peggy and Jenny. 
I'm a big fan of the improvement project. You guys inspire me to try to be a little better every day. I have attached my 19 for 2019. Feel free to have a look. Nothing too major. However, I feel like these are attainable goals. Thanks for being awesome humans. Keep on rocking in 2019. Natalia. Thank you, Natalia. Yeah. So I included some highlights from her list because I feel like if everybody can hear some of the 19 for 19 that other people have, it might inspire them for their own list. So some of the things on her list are participate in enjoyable fitness, yoga, dragon boat, martial arts, etc. Monthly, a monthly declutter day, Uh, one small trip, save money, at least $2,000, one date night per week, build a monthly budget, track finances in an app, and spend wiser. Get an ET tattoo. I'm assuming that's ET, like the little um, ET phone <laughs> home. Cool. Cute. Um, lower blood pr- pressure. Get off meds. Call grandma at least one time per week. Stretch at least two to three times a day while at work. Buy one vinyl record per month. Monthly goals check-in. Monthly mental health check-in. Hopefully Natalia's list, as well as the list that you've heard Jenny and I share in past episodes, can help to inspire you if you haven't made your 19 for 2019 yet. I know I'm super inspired reading Natalia's list, and I hope I'm seeing some of those that, Natalia, I think we can help you with this because these are things that we are going to be addressing as well. And I see so many things on your list that are things that I want to do too. So I hope you keep up. Uh, with us on that. I mean, I'm not planning on getting an ET tattoo, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, staying in touch with my grandparents, that's something that I have on my list that I want to do. Um, the savings as well, decluttering, date nights, budgeting, all of these things are things that are as well, like represented in some way on my list. So Natalia, thank you for being with us. And I hope that, um, you'll follow along and, and if people want to have that extra layer of accountability for your 2019 goals, please send us an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com or come say hi on the socials. Even though we are going to try to be on our phones less, you can still find Peggy on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone, and I'm on Twitter at jkouse. You can also get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. And now it is time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to, what books we've been reading, or what random internet hilarity we found, and we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So this week, I'm digging a TV show on Netflix called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And, oh uh, my gosh. I know that you love this, Jenny. So Binged it on New Year's Day when it came out. <laughs> so good. So for those of you who don't know, Marie Kondo is from Japan, and she is the author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and in, is in this series on Netflix. It has her in North American homes helping families to tidy up their spaces and often their relationships as well. So when I was watching this, all I wanted to do was start folding my clothes. It's a powerful motivator to get going on decluttering. I'm always so shocked when you mention this show and someone doesn't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what do you mean it was not on your calendar that it was coming out? It's the best. 
The then, only criticism, I did love this. I loved watching it. But you know what I'm about to say was my criticism of the show <laughs> was that it drove me crazy every time when she would say like that it was okay that they kept like a ton of stuff. And I was like, I want to see the savage Marie Kondo. I want to see savage tidying up where they are ruthless and they have to really confront the relationship with their things and get rid of some serious stuff. But that's just me. I get a little lit up about this. Maybe that conflict wouldn't make for good TV or it would be just a bit too intense. (laughs) Maybe you should have your own reality show about tidying up, Jenny. I think so. I can get pretty ruthless. And I I will say, did you notice watching it? Some of the people, um, I'm thinking of a couple, like the one of the couples with kids, the wife was having a really hard time parting with things and she was really resisting. And then you you watch them have these breakthroughs where they realize that it's about more than the stuff and it's about getting the stuff out of the way so that they can live better. And it's... Yeah, yeah it, the it show's about really, more than just tidying up your stuff. It's well, cool. Well, and this is the thing yeah. is it's like it's not about organizing and it is not about your closets looking nice. That is a very nice byproduct. But I think in a in a culture that we are so about our stuff, um, I think that there is something so powerful about taking a closer look at our relationship to our stuff as we live in a capitalist culture. That's the way it is. We live in a consumer culture. I think it's a really cool thing to take a closer look at that and look at your relationship to your things. And, you know, we, we claim to really value our things, but I think the cool thing about Marie Kondo is she shows you how to actually really genuinely care for the things you own. Um, you know, we can go out and spend all this money, but do we really value it? You know, we buy a lot of throwaway things and I think it's cool because she really shows what it means to really be a good steward of your things and treat them better and be more mindful about the things you bring into your home. And I could talk about this for hours. I know you could. I love watching you get all hyped up about it. (laughs) I am levitating off my chair right now because I think that this can change people's lives when they really get clear on the relationship to stuff. And uh, we are definitely going to talk about this more in March when we tidy up a little bit I more. I wait March. <laughs> All right, let's leave that there. And uh, yes. why don't you tell us what you're digging this week? Pin in that. Yeah. So I mentioned, um, I think, did I mention this earlier? I might not have. Um, but this is what's been kind of going on in our house. I don't even know how I came across this. I think I was on the treadmill watching one video and it rolled into the next one. Um, And so we've been kind of talking about this like planning for 2019 and all the things we want to do and putting them on our calendar. And I came across this video by this woman um, called Jordan Page. And I have a feeling she's uh, like a pretty well-known internet person. I see things where she's been on a lot of talk shows. I was not aware of her, um, but her and her husband, it's this video and I'll, I'll pop the link in here so that we can share it as well. They talk about the way that they plan out their year and they talk about it, that they have a word for the year and they have their, uh, some goals for the year. And then they sit down in it. They talk about how they physically plan out their calendar. Um, and it's funny because it made me realize that I'm, despite being a pretty hardcore organized person and having my life mostly, you know, pretty sorted out. I am not good at planning in the calendar sense. Um, I think in my mind, I have this weird 
inclination that planning just sucks the fun out of things. So I just don't want to do it. I just like to not have a a very full calendar so that I can be spontaneous to things happening. Um, But I've really come to realize that if things don't get planned, they don't happen. They don't happen. Yeah. So I think I'm going to get a little more intentional and try it out the other way. I know that that happens to us in the summer where we like to leave things open so that anything can happen. And then guess what? We do nothing. Um, so I want to be sure to use my time well and enjoy our downtime because my word of the year is recreation or recreation. So I want to put that on my calendar and get intentional about it. And this video is so cool because it shows how they look at their priorities And then put them on the calendar so that their time reflects their priorities and their values. And they also meet weekly to review the calendar and kind of talk about how things are going. So it's kind of cool. I think you'll want to check it out. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, well, and I like their idea of the uh, weekly meeting. Jeff and I are going to try that. We have our first one tonight, actually, where we're going to kind of go over some things for the calendar and do our meal planning and all that. We're going to try this whole like setting up a formal weekly meeting. We're calling it the uh, Strauss hold management meeting. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. This week, I'm celebrating a win, and here it is. I've been really embracing my word for the year, which I mentioned earlier, is recreation. On the weekend, we woke up on Sunday morning, and we went tobogganing as a family, and we even went to two different hills and we brought, um, I brought a tea, my husband brought a coffee and we made a hot chocolate free thin. We made them at home, put them in thermoses. We even brought marshmallows, uh, brought it with us and we so enjoyed our time outside, which also was made better because my one goal of getting appropriate winter gear. So it was nice to be outside. We enjoyed being in the outdoors and the fresh air. We even left our phones at home, which was also great, which kind of sad too, because a couple really funny things happened that would have been pretty great video. But anyhow, um, And then later that day, Ethan and I went and picked up my dad and we went and checked out the latest exhibit at the St. Thomas Elgin Public Art Center, which was also really, really good. I recommend that. Uh, The show is by an artist called Ron Milton from London. Lovely guy, an amazing artist. Um, And so I feel like we really enjoyed the weekend and it kind of felt like a mini vacation. Um, Also, I saw a really cool video that I mentioned about kind of how to plan the year and it just made me think like, okay, I'm going to start getting real intentional about this recreation time because it brings some spice to my life and makes things feel more exciting. And, uh, it's funny cause I was thinking about it and your word is intentional, right? That's right. So I'm like, it's kind of funny cause I'm getting intentional about my recreation. Love it. Love it. Weird. Um, I'm going to bring my learn back to what I already mentioned. And that's what my body taught me this lesson in a big way over the holidays. They stayed up too late. I indulged in too much sugar and alcohol. And then when it was the new year, I wanted to do everything all at once and started right back into a super busy routine. And then the sickness got me. So I rarely get sick and, um, I got hit hard this time and it's Mm -hmm. kind of, 
amazing to me how you have a plan for something and then mother nature is just like nope (laughs) it's like oh that's cute you will lay in your bed for the next five days straight so uh the big learn for me is that um when I feel sick is I really tune into the fact that I shouldn't take my healthy functioning body for granted. And Mm -hmm. it really sort of helps me to have more empathy for people that can't function at the top of their game or at the top of their performance level. And so I, it reminds me that when I'm feeling better again, I need to not take that for granted and I need to get after it. Yeah. So, um, I'm listening. Thank you. Thank you for this lesson. I'm listening. Yes. Isn't that funny? I've had that before too, where, you know, you make all these plans and then suddenly you get sick and, and it kind of makes you laugh because you think, oh, isn't that funny? You know, like you picture everything going one way and you realize like you don't always have a say. Sometimes it's out of your control. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I hope you're feeling better soon. Thanks, Jenny. I'm getting there. I'm on the upswing. Well, hopefully by next week, you'll feel better because next week we're going to be wrapping up this sleep and routine challenge and introducing our challenge for February, which is a word I have trouble saying. (laughs) February, February, you say it. February, February. It's going to be a long month for me if I have to say it. It's going to be a long month. For, just say for Feb. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> All right. And, that, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear if you read this month's book, The Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. And if so, what did you think? Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you liked the show, please be sure to tell a friend and even show them how to listen to a podcast because some people might not know. Also, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. So do you think in the scripts for February, you could just say February all the time? (laughs) Okay. I think you should just not overthink it. February. 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 I'm so glad my birthday is not in February. Valentine's Day is in February. Your anniversary is in February. (laughs) February. February. Why is that such a difficult... I don't think that that was a challenging word for me until very recently. (laughs) You're overthinking it. I am. It's like sometimes when I really focus when I'm walking down the stairs and then I completely bail.